episode 162. Thomas Vanek and Brian Giant are going to join us in a little bit, as you already know, because it says that on the um, link. I'm excited so. to have them on. I know Vanner. Vanner's been humming, man. I I never realized. I I did not realize how much Vanner because Vanner doesn't work, right? I mean, he he doesn't work. He's got he's got kids, um, and he's you know basically involved with their activities, and he has some he has some work outside of the game of hockey or whatever. But um, he is really dialed in to the league. He is really dialed in to what's going on around the NHL. Like when you have a conversation with him, it is incredible with with what he knows. Like it's almost like we were talking about last time we had him on which was last week, which was the first time in like five months. I caught wind of this and he was talking about his internet and how, you know, the, his, his cable provider or whatever he was using kind of was flickering and he was losing his marbles. Do you remember that? Literally losing his mind because he wasn't able to get the games. And he said games like I think he watches a lot of hockey. Did you get that? Did you get that impression from him? Holy shit! It that was a long time to get to where you were going there. <laughs> uh, I I guess so. Yeah, I I think he. I mean, I would imagine he does. He talks like he does. But the season had just started, so I guess we'll have to find out today how many games he's really watched. Eh, Riv? Exactly. <laughs> We'll we'll test his knowledge on league wide stuff because there's some good topics out well, there right now. Well, hang on for a sec before we get into that, because you want to talk about Sheldon Keith before we get the guys on, because uh, apparently he's retracting some statements. Uh, isn't this so famous? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I owe, I owe everybody an apology. I yesterday was kind of a a bit of a, a interesting editing day. I don't want to pull the curtain back too much on the magic that happens when it comes to editing, but I, I, I had to tinker with, with some things. And then I hop on, you know, social media today to talk about, you know, anything that people are talking about and want us to talk about. And someone said the show, the show was too short or it was only 23 minutes long. I didn't even realize I forgot to add the other half of the <laughs> The other half of the show yesterday. Oh, so my, great. my apologies. So there's a lot of good discussion left on the table. I'll have to dig that up and repost it. But honestly, that's why the show, I looked. So I went and looked and it said like 26 or 20 some odd minutes. I was like, wait a minute. That makes sense. I forgot. <laughs> so my apologies for the show. Well, that's what yesterday. happens when you don't do your job right. And you're cramming for exams. Well, Sam. that's what happens when I take calls in the middle of editing, you know, and then you lose your spot. You forget what you've done. You're like, ah, well, be better. I'm just going to get it out. Be better. Okay. I'll okay. be better. All today right. will be, today will definitely be longer. All right. So, so, and the other thing I wanted to make clear on, uh, something clear on, um, was when we tweeted from the show account suspension for the Labushkin hit. Yeah. It, it wasn't because we felt or anything that it, that it, is a suspension or should be suspended. It's just because the league's going to look at it. 
And, you know, you never know what they're going to say about that because you got a young kid three games into his career leaving the game with a concussion. So, you know, which brought me back up to the point yesterday was I, because I, I edited it out and I, like an idiot, and I forgot to add the other part, was the conversation about how I, I asked if those hits are necessary. And you said, yes, I do think it's necessary. And you went on this, you know, explanation as to why. And then I, I never countered. Well, yeah. you didn't hear my counter because I edited it out, but I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why we need to do that. I understand it because that was the game I grew up watching and there was a lot more of it. Scott Stevens is iconic in my opinion, but all I'm saying is with what we know now, why are we even hitting the, that guy there? Like, like that play the puck. Man, I'm I'm surprised that we're even going to have this conversation again, Craig. Craig, let me just clarify. Let me I had clarify. this conversation with a guy like literally my my life, and I think your life too. People know that we do do a sports podcast, okay, a hockey podcast in general, and we talk many things around the NHL. Okay, we talk all sorts of teams, all okay. sorts of situations. We talk about, yes, to the hear, the, hear the Sabres. Don't, don't tell me to get to the freaking well, point. I'll get I, to the point when I'm freaking ready, okay? Because I, I, I end up editing all this shit out anyway. Like all this. Well, that's the freaking this- problem. You leave the best freaking parts out. Maybe I should start editing. <laughs> You're asking me, is that a play in the game of hockey that we want to take out? And then all of a sudden, at the same breath, you sit there and you shit on how soft the players are. And I can't believe these guys are just so soft. And we need more toughness in Buffalo. And we need more of this. And we need we need these I guys. I will to not restart. lie to you and tell you that I'm very confused. I'm very confused. You are confused. Yeah, oh, my God. With, with how, with, with what I grew up and how I was taught to play the game versus, like, understanding how we were taught to play the game and how we play the game. And, you know, what we know about the side effects of playing that style of game, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just, I asked the question, is it necessary? And if we're okay with it in hockey society, then I'm okay with it. Cause it's actually the style that ends up winning to believe it or not. It, it's an interesting time of the sport, Craig. It really, for me, it is it's anyway. Not, there's not an interesting time of the sport. You're asking a very simple question. Here's the thing. You hate fighting. You hate fighting. It was one of the big reasons why you're in the National Hockey League and stayed around so long is because of your physicality and your your mean streak and your your ability to protect Which is where these star players come from. I, I, and I understand it. And I and and listen, I agree with you. I do believe fighting is down in 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 the NHL in a big way. Like the top fighters in the league usually is uh, right now in the last couple of years has been who? Nick Delorier. How uh, many fights does Nick Delorier get in a year? Uh, I'm guessing maybe seven. Okay, so it is under double digits. In your time 15 years ago, how many fights did the top guy in the league have? In the 20s. In the twenties, and how about ten years be- before that? And I know the, the high, I think the most in, in one the year is thirty-nine. I yeah. think in Paul Lowe's for you. How many did you have? What was the most fights you had in one year? Well, it was my I forty-two games my rookie year. I had twenty-four. 
42 games, you had 24 fighting majors. Think about it. So what I'm trying to say is, Petey, the, the dangerous part of the game is now out. It is now gone. I don't know if which I don't is know. a good which is a good Holloway, thing. If Holloway's your kid, are you yep. saying the dangerous part of the game is out? I mean, the kid left with a concussion. I don't. Yeah, it, well, I don't. This need, is I don't need a diagnosis from the Edmonton Oilers doctors to know that the kid left with a concussion. Severity of it, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Um, listen, I liked. Him. I liked. Listen, when I played the game, which was which was a little over a decade ago. Okay. I enjoyed the part of being in the NHL, not just because the game was fast and it was skilled is because there was an element of danger to it. Okay. There was, there was an aspect of the game of physicality and, and nastiness and, and what I would do, what I would do for my teammate, what I would do for him. I would do anything for my teammates. Okay. And, and that is still in the game. Some guys like you more look than at, others, I'm sure. You look at Ilya Lubushkin, he made an absolute incredible body check. And the guy who the guy who received the puck, if I was Holloway's father, I would hope that my son is okay. I would hope that my son is is not going to have any long-lasting issues with his head. But I will also have the conversation of the fuck are you doing picking like literally picking up you're looking the other way yeah. down the ice. You're looking the other you're not I would I would say to my son you're not even in position to to get the puck properly. You should be turned the exact opposite way with your stick up ice, and you might even have an opportunity to see what's coming. This is on him, yeah, man. Yeah, but Craig, the game is about speed now, and if you do that, if you if you do that, you're going to slow yourself down, and and you have to stop. No, that's the- not true. That's not true at all. And I know what you're where you're going with this, and with your sarcastic, I love big smile on your face now, right? <laughs> It's true. But I'm going to tell you this. If, if he, play the if game he tried- properly and you will stay, you will be safer. Okay. Play the game properly. You'll be safer. You look at the, how many plays that this Holloway makes with his head going the other way, looking back down ice to receive a puck. You don't think you're going to get hit. You have to know who you're on the ice against. That's Yoki Haru. You don't have to worry about getting hit because that's not his game. He's not stepping up to make that hit. Lily Labushkin is 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 in a um he's in a category around the league with guys like Rako Gudis and 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 players along that nature that that their big part of their game is they want to hit you to hurt you to knock you out of the game because if you're not playing then your team has a better chance of winning well this kid's 21 years old well he's 21 he, years he old he's something, three games he? he's three games into his uh NHL career regular season he played one game in the playoffs last year but he's three games into his NHL career, and he leaves the game with a concussion. And you know what? We know that's not the end of his career because all players can come back from a concussion. It's just, you know, I. and this will be the last thing that, that I'll say about it. Look, and when I say I'm confused, I'm, I'm being honest when I say I love that hit. That's an exciting hit. It's a holy shit, what a hit moment. But then after the fact, it's the after- you know, where he's, the kid skates across and he's got to go down the tunnel. And you just wonder, you know, I think the same thing about football. We've had this conversation about football. Like, can you actually believe for a second that the that the Miami Dolphins coach came out and said that two is back practicing? And I can't believe this guy's even going to play another game this year. I mean, 
Why? <laughs> My God. Anyway, okay. I'm not getting. I'm not going to get into that. That being said, you wanted to talk about Sheldon Keefe, okay? And you're shaking your head. No, why? I want to talk about it, but I certainly want to talk about it when Gio and and uh, and uh, and Vanner are on because it's an awesome discussion. And you and you sit there, and it's it's a big big topic right now in Toronto. Because well, let's hear your thoughts on it before they no, get on. I'll so give you my I'll give you my thoughts when they get on, so they can talk more. Well, they can talk. Don't worry about it. I'll give them their I'll give them their time. But it is a hot topic going on in Canada right now, in particular, because you know you got uh, you got the Trump Maple Leafs. They're the darling of uh, of Canada. And, you know, when you've got a little, uh, you got some uh, rocky waters there, you, you're at some point, someone is going to have the finger pointed at them. And my question is, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Dubas or is it going to be Keith? Do you call him Keith or yeah, Keith? Keith? Keith. Keith. Sheldon Keith. It's not Duncan Keith. It's Sheldon Keith. That's what I just said. Keith. <laughs> All right, Thomas Manick, Brian Gianta, up next. Morning. Good to be back. You know what's interesting? Like, I, I, I sit here after the game of hockey. We've all been retired for a few years now. Myself and Petey longer than, than both Banner and Gio. And I'm looking at Gio like he's wearing this. If pe people can't see him, but he's wearing this white shirt, okay? And and the sleeves on the shirt are literally expanding, bulging because of the biceps on this guy. Like, it's so ridiculous that <laughs> at your age, all you want to do is bicep curls because it's just not right. Riv, shorter, then, arms, shorter arms, less work. Oh, that's such a bullshit freaking. I heard that my whole career. If you have long oh, arms, you only the squat muscle because you don't extend. have to go very far. You can bench because you don't have to go very far. It's well, true. listen, Nate Gerby was squatting like five plates and he only had to go three inches. <laughs> That's a good point, Riffs. But you're still holding yeah. the weight. You're still holding five times your body weight. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? I'm not going to, I can't leave out Thomas Vanek. I'm going to tell you, Vanner, you look skinny to me. Like, what is going yeah. on? Like, do you have a little Peloton workout? You, you're doing yoga. What are you doing? No, I can't do yoga. I can't stretch. No, I got a little routine in the morning, you know, get do a little treadmill sometimes, a little workout. But what do you mean a treadmill? Like a walk? A walk. Yeah. I can't More run. My knees what, do you are... mean, what do you mean by sometimes? <laughs> That's it's the real question. Is no, this a regular thing? This is a daily routine. Yeah. To get me up and going. And so what time do you do it at? Go oh, Kids get on the bus at 720. So finish my coffee i'm probably down there by 745 8 and by down there you mean you have a, like a gym in the house it's like a storage room that got converted into a gym yeah right. you have so. a tv in there yep oh yeah got so basically what you're doing is you're laying <laughs> you on your back stretching <laughs> well there's some rolling out yeah <laughs> maintenance is important what riv wants to talk to you guys most about in the hockey world a lot of people are talking about it more and more now, and that's what's going on in Toronto with the Leafs and Sheldon Keefe calling out the players the other day and now retracting his statement. I mean, have you guys ever been in a position 
coaches actually called you out? <laughs> Dwell Thomas. <okay. laughs> we know Vanner has. <laughs> Jesus. That's my whole 20s right there. <laughs> well, he basically said that the difference between us and Arizona is that we have elite players. Our elite players didn't play like elite players. They couldn't make the difference. He he basically said it, you know, after the game. Right. He was he was super frustrated, probably embarrassed that, you know, his team that is considered probably a top five team in the league just got just got spanked by Arizona. Arizona is going to be a, a bottom one, two or three team in the league. One thousand percent. There is no way that Toronto Maple Leafs, with the star-studded lineup that they have, and and they have a lot of veteran players on that team now, that they they should be losing those games. He was super pissed off. He was frustrated. He spoke out of emotion, and he basically called out all the elite players. But how did he retract it? Is my like yeah. uh, like that happens all the time, in the sense that you're always a few times a year you always find a coach, a team that's struggling and they go to their top guys, right? Like their top guys aren't pulling the weight and they inevitably end up calling them out. Like that's a Tortorella thing. Um, is it not like he's, well, that's so, so Riff. So what did he do? He met with the stars, right? Did he met with some of the big guys and then he came so out basically, and said, he I want to clarify retract his statement. He didn't retract it. He didn't say, I didn't say this because he said it, he said it with emotion. He said it, you know, to everybody and everybody knew exactly what he meant. The difference is he asked he, for clarification that he wanted to have conversations behind the scenes and talk it out with his star players. He talked to Mitch Marner. He talked to Austin Matthews. He explained to them what his thoughts were probably that he was emotional. He was upset just like everybody else. Um, but let's not make this, a media thing because all the players were going to be asked about it. Right. And Mitch Marner basically said, you know, we understand we're grown men. We understand what happened. We didn't play our best. We didn't do what needed to be done. We are the players that are going to be game changers. And, and it's just interesting how, you know, in Toronto, in that market, that's a tough market to play in. You know, you say something wrong, you can get a you can get a clip. They're going to try and run with it because right now Toronto has not played their best hockey at all. And we talked about before the season, who's in the hot seat? Who's in the hot seat as a coach in the NHL? And Duncan Keefe is one of the guys right at the top of the lift. Who? He is. Jeez. Duncan Keith. Duncan. <laughs> Duncan came back to coach. Sheldon. 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 God, this is awesome. Sheldon. You really, really, no, but like, you really cued that one up, <laughs> For me, I don't think it's a matter of that he misspoke or he was misquoted. I mean, I think that is something that should and could – that should be said. I think that's there's nothing wrong with what he said. And there's nothing wrong with him meeting with the players and saying, hey, you need to be better. We need to be better. Like, that's – that's coaching. That's that's pro hockey. That's Geo. Geo, respectfully, I I gotta disagree. I think that's the wrong market to do that. Don't you think? But it's not like he he was he was backed. Like into you played it. in He's Montreal. Like, you yes. played in Montreal. Like there are a few markets where coaches can and can't do that. 
Is that fair or is that not fair? I mean, you certainly need to be more careful. Like in, in your, okay. like you, you have to know, let's, let's put it this way. You have to know that it's now going to create something. And so when you make those statements, you have to know that that's what's going to happen. And that is your plan for something like that to happen. Right? Like, so now does the media put the pressure on them? And now as it talked about, and he's like, okay, it's no longer a five minute meeting with me that is, that's pushing your ass to be better. It's now that you have to answer these questions. And now that you, you know, I, I, it's about being held accountable. And so that's just another strategy with which to go about getting a message through to your top players. Now, he didn't say, I'm trying to think of an example that, that he would be wanting his words back, right? Like, I think this was a, whether it's calculated or not, I think it's, it's literally just saying we need to be better as a group. And that starts with our star players for us to be a, a top end team. You need to be better. And Marner eating it, that's great by him. Easy for after, him to eat it, though. After he had a, the he conversation. Had he had a goal on the game, though. So it's easy for him. <laughs> it's easy for him to eat that one. He, he had it. He had one. Banner, if this is yeah. set in Columbus, we're probably not even talking about it, right? Or are we? It's this Well, if Tortorella is the coach, then probably. But uh, I just think this is a complete non Like, where's the problem? Like, he just says his best player needs to be better. Then, and then the new NHL, because nowadays the coaches actually come to the rink the next day and talk to their players. Like that's that's the only thing that's really changed here. Let's be serious. There, there's nothing wrong with anything. The only thing that's that why we're talking about that is because it's Toronto. You're right about that. But um, going back to uh, Riff's point about Duncan Keefe or Sheldon Keefe uh, being on the hot seat, <laughs> I think the only reason he's in the hot seat is because. Um, you got Barry Trotz sitting at home doing nothing. I think that's the that's that's in my opinion the biggest reason why he's on the hot seat is because you have a guy who can coach, as he has proven for twenty some years, not doing anything. I kind of think I wonder if that's why Trotz didn't take a job. To me, I'm sitting there thinking if there's one job where he's going to step in and be able to coach a bunch of stars, it's going to be Toronto because he did it in Washington with Ovi. I mean. If you can do it with Ovechkin and Backstrom and, and the star-studded team that they had there, you can do it in Toronto with Matthews and, and the rest of the guys. So I wonder if that is the heat. But is there no heat on Dubis though? Well, what what I, I don't think so. I think, and I don't know. Rivs has actually mentioned this before. I think he's Dubis has done an unbelievable job of putting a great team together with a cap space that's that's hell. So I, I mean, what else can that guy do? Absolutely nothing. Now it's up to the coaching staff and, and the players to figure it out. But at the same time, I, I know you guys talk about, and I know JR was on it yesterday. That's a shame. You know, Toronto lost it. But even the shittiest team in the NHL, they're still good players. Like the Arizona Coyotes are still going to win, what, 20 games, 22 games? Like it, it's it's just the nature of the game. Like they're, they're, they're going to beat some good teams. They're going to go and beat Tampa one time. That's just the way it goes. I mean, that's just, it's we're we're four games in. Like, Toronto is going to make the playoffs, and that's all you need to do. Oh, 6 oh, 07. We were about to break the start of the record, start of the season record for undefeated. Uh, remember? And we lost to who? Do you remember? 
I have no clue. You remember shit like that? I don't even. I can't even. Oh six, oh seven. That's like fifteen, sixteen years. No oh, chance. I remember. Uh, yeah. Well, it was. Uh, we lost to Atlanta in a shootout, and I just. It was like we lost to Atlanta of all the teams that the best team in the league with best record in the league that year. Anyway, you know the one team you lose to is Atlanta. So it's very similar to the same thing. You know what I mean? But bad teams won too. When you say that, like the 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 players on the team, like. Like we all remember Shane Gossis Bear, right? He was he started off exceptionally well in Philadelphia. And he reminds me of Deline, actually. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> right now, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm kidding. But you know, you look at Shane Gossis Bear, he he got moved on from Philadelphia, right? This guy's been outstanding for Arizona. Last year he played all 82 games. He had 14 goals and 51 points. Okay. To start this season, he's played three games, two goals, five points. Like the guy is, the guy's done a nice job. Um, you know, he's not much of a defender. You know, he's not much of a defender, but you look at, you look at care, you look at Arizona. They've got some nice players. Clayton Keller is, is not a kid anymore. He's 24 years old. Nick Schmidt, Lawson Kraus, a former first rounder, Zach Cassian, a Buffalo Sabre first rounder that is just added toughness along with Nick Ritchie, a guy that we talked about last year, Petey. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have some nice players, Kristen uh, Fisher. So this is not a terrible hockey team. They're not going to win because I don't think that they have the elite high end talent to win. I don't think that their defense core is where it needs to be to win on a regular basis, but this is going to be a team that surprises some big boy teams in the league, just like they did Toronto. Oh, it's a, it's, it's a legit NHL team. That's, that's the problem just because you're, I mean, we have all been on teams like that, or at least I have where, you know, you're probably not making the playoffs, but you're still a good team. They're still, I mean, legit NHL players. So you're going to win your fair share. You're probably going to lose games late in the, in the third period because your defensive core isn't good enough, or you don't have the goaltending that the top teams do but you're still going to be competitive for a lot of games. So, and, and the split again, isn't that much. The, like it, there's more parity than I think we're exactly we're giving credit to from the top teams and the yes. bottom teams. Hey, Gio, I'm, I'm I got something the for conversation. you. you know, I some, agree with it all. So I can't, I can't argue here. I'd like to argue against Riz, but I can't right now. Oh so no, we got, we, we, we can't do this right now, Gio. I got something for you. So, you know, Ribs is like, he knows all the points because hockey DB shows it to him. And Shane Ghostespierre, doesn't it, doesn't like his point total, doesn't it? Does sound familiar to like a Darlene lefty skating up the ice? No, we got nothing there. Like, what's his stats? This three games, two goals, five points. It's, it's awfully similar. No, is he gonna make 11 <laughs> 5 next year? Ghostespierre, well, the difference, the difference. Thomas, he's he's going with age, and now he's going to be no, 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 the no, draft no. choice and what you no, no, need no, no. your Listen, team. And you know what? You know it's a it's a very 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 good question. I'm gonna and I'm gonna answer it for you. When when Shane Gostaspare came into the league, okay, he he came in and he took the league by storm. Do you remember him in his first year? Everybody NCAA championship. Yeah, did he? Okay. Yeah. So he, when he came in. He was, he was a very sought after player. Okay. Not a real big guy, 
but he came in and he played exceptionally well in his first year. His very first year in the NHL, 64 games played. He had 17 goals and 46 points. Insane numbers for a young defenseman, okay? Plus eight, by the way. He was plus eight. At that young age, what they were doing with this young guy is trying to figure out, is this guy going to be a guy that we can have on the ice for 25 minutes a night playing against the top top lines and being a power play guy and being a penalty kill guy? You know what they found out after four, five, six years? Found out that he's not that guy. They found out that he is an exceptional puck moving defenseman. He is a power play specialist, but he cannot play defense. And they know. And I think what Thomas is. is trying to say is that that could that could turn out to be Darlene because do we know if Darlene can be a no, solo? No, def- no, I, that's, that's we not don't know that yet. That's the whole point. No, I, I don't think, know I, that yet. I think I know we, we mentioned Darlene's name last pod I was on and, and people were kind of on me here on this, this, this Twitter space. That's uh, I'm wrong. Darlene is way, but I've never said he's bad. I take him on my team any day. My whole part is, and that's where I need Gio's help. Thank you. You're on is if Kale McCarr is making 9.5, you cannot tell me that Darlene can make nine or 11 or 11, five, even if he has 50 points. I think they're you, you. I look at those two defensemen; they're not in the same category. That doesn't mean that Darlene is not an awesome defenseman. They're just not even. You can't compare them. Geo, take it. Well, that, well, well who, that's that's what happens. Can you compare them to? McCarr has set that bar right now, so okay. his contract has set that. So, so now, how does how does Darlene's camp go to Kevin Adams and say, "I want eleven. I want eleven and a half." And they're going to say, McCarr's making nine, nine and a half, whatever it ends up being. There's no way you're getting more than that. Okay. Well, Gio, what happened when uh, players were sitting there going, well, you know, I want 10, 10 and a half million dollars. And then the, then the team went, uh, Sidney Crosby's making 8.7. So you can't make more than him because he's the best player in the world right now. No, no that doesn't happen. Good contract for him. Not a great contract, but a good contract. He makes $9 million a year. But what about guys like Wierenski? What about guys like Seth Jones that are making nine and a half? What about who's the uh, Edmonton defenseman? Darnell Nurse is well, making this 9. Was second contract. Those guys all signed uh, bridge all contracts. Bridge deals, yeah. didn't they? Exactly. Yeah. And if he shows in his second year of the deal, He's in his second year. If he shows that not only is he going to be a 56 point, a 50 to 60 point defenseman, not only is he going to be a guy that is on the penalty kill, we already know he's a number one power play guy. He's exceptional at the power play. Can he play against the other team's top lines? Now, here's the thing in when he was 18, 19, 20, there was questions. There was question marks on his, on his defensive game. But listen, he was a kid. He's a friggin' bloody kid, man. I mean, what about when he is 22, 23, 24, 25? What if he shows that he is the, has the capabilities of being a Victor Hedman, of being a Roman Yossi? We don't know yet. He's still working into it. Let's Let's wait 40 games this year and sit there and go, you know what? Holy shit. He's got 30 points right now, and he's playing against every top 
line in the league and he's on the penalty kill and he's doing a very good job. Maybe at the age of 22, he's starting to mature into that full defenseman. And if he is that guy, Thomas, he's going to not make 9 million. He's going to be making 11 million. And I'm trading him. If I can't sign up for nine, then I'm trading him because I don't know. You're going to end up, you're going to end up like, like Toronto. You're going to be in a Toronto situation where you're paying Darlene 10 plus you got Thompson, you got Skinner. You're going to have no money to go around it. Paige Thompson makes $7 million a year. Geo, the cap, the cap is at 82.5. Gary Bettman came out two days ago and said, Hey, the, the NHL players that are in revenue share with the players and the owners are going to hopefully by the end of this year, pay off all of the money that they owe through the COVID uh, year. He said at the end of this year, the salary cap could go up $4 million just next year. So the 2020 uh, three twenty four season could go up four million. He's optimistic, yeah, but it could happen. And when if you it have, does happen, you the have could the, go up by more than one million this summer. That's you have the that's commissioner the of the league say that he likes the numbers of what the hell's going on right now. The numbers have never in the history of the game been stronger financially than right now. And when you're saying that the owner would never in a million years go out into the public and say the numbers yeah, but are he's so never going to say that they're not good i mean have why you ever heard he? him say well why you know he? the last three years a team playing in a college rank he only ever of course he's going to say it, the numbers if are great they, the- i want to know what happens they bump it up what escrow is they bump it up four million dollars in a year how much those guys are paying in escrow they're gonna. They're by the end of this year, they will have paid off. They'll the pay off their COVID debt. Their, their They'll COVID pay debt. off their COVID debt. But, but you're always COVID, going to have before an COVID. You were paying. They were taking minimum twelve percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking not what was not what was withheld throughout the year. They were keeping that at the end of the year. So why not start to bridge that gap and get that closer to zero instead of jumping to four million? Why not make why? a jump of a million because, and a half, two million? I yeah, but I think. You know how this works. You know, yeah, they know. want the cap to go higher because the top end guys, they can go from nine to 11 and 12, and they're still making money off of that because 12%, you know, on a three million difference is a lot better than signing for less. Push so. the floor. That was the message coming from me. Push the floor. The cap goes up five, the median goes up five. Oh, every, every, everyone wants it except the guy on the long term deal. You know what I mean? Your free agents want the cap pushed. The teams want to push so they have more flexibility. Well, the, the PA wants guys, it. The, the PA minimum guys don't want it. Yeah, the <laughs> PA wants so it listen, pushed. So listen, it goes back to you know Gary Bettman saying that the players are going to pay off the owners. Okay, by the end of this year, Gary Bettman said it could go up four million dollars. That means it's going to be at uh, $86.5 million, possibly next year. Well, the projections after that in 2024-25 could be 80, $88 million. They're projecting in 2025-26, which is three years from now, 
that's going to be 92 million. What I'm trying to say is an $11 million deal in three years from now for Darlene is not 11 million today. Yeah. And the same goes for Matthews when he's making 14. You guys get what I'm saying? Like, Kale McCarr decided to to sign that contract because it was the right thing to do. It was $9 million for friggin' six years. Great contract. On a second deal. On a second deal. But I'm going to tell you this. Darlene has already had his second deal. He signed a three-year deal for $6 million. Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a bridge contract, though, right? I, I mean, Very good. I, I shouldn't say anything because I didn't have a bridge contract, so I'm not not coming out. But I feel like most bridge contracts aren't six million, or maybe the last seven. And he didn't deserve six million. Let's get that straight, too. Right, right. But I, I'm not saying the kid shouldn't get paid. Again, my my whole point is if you can get him around that eight and a half to nine and a half numbers. Now you got a lot to play with because I know you guys mentioned Seth Jones before he's on eight or nine. Like if the Buffalo Sabres eventually want to push the envelope and get serious, that's a guy I would go after right now. I've played with him. He is awesome. It's a right-handed defenseman. He eats minutes. You got to give up to get him. Frick, I I don't know. Again, I'm not in those meetings, but I think you can get him. I mean, give him Olofsson and a third round pick. And I think Chicago will take it because they're dumping money. They want to lose. No. He's he's an elite, an elite defenseman. And the question I have for you, first round pick and Olsen, how much money? <laughs> how much a money quick negotiation? Riff says no first round pick. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I'll tell you this. I would give anything to get Seth Jones. The question that you have to ask yourself is how much money is Owen Power going to make in two years from now? How much money are you going to have? Because at the end of this year, you will be signing Rasmus Dahlin to an extension. Okay. How much money do you have to pay Rasmus Dahlin? You're going to need power. You're going to need a number one goalie. You're going to need a lot of money is going to be well, going, out the, going, out, the going out the door. They're going to bank on that Levi kid. They're going to bank on Levi kid. And he is going to run them through, you know, three years. You're not, you're not making the playoffs for four years though. If you're banking on that kid, nothing, nothing against the kid. What I'm saying is he's not even here yet. And he's your goalie of the future. That's going to run you at a, at a discount. When's the last last year? Could he have played in the NHL this year? I don't know. Like that's a big ass step, man. Like we're talking college to NHL. Look up, and, and I don't up. know. I don't. I I can't project out the goalie. What I'm saying is that's a big ass step for him to take. Revs, do me a favor. Look up that Jake Ottinger from Dallas. How many years did he play in the minors? I mean, that's a kid I've seen in high school because he's a Minnesota kid. What a, and Knight, uh, Knight was was big coming out of college. Knight's probably the well, only Knight, guy who did Knight the was the, what was he, 12th overall or 10th overall in the NHL draft? Yeah. He was the, he was the pinnacle playing in the national development program. And I think he came straight to the NHL or did he play a year of college? No, he played, played college. college. He's BC kid. Okay. So he's BC at, kid. He at, so he, he was at, he was at school, but, but like, think of his track. That's the quickest you're going to do it as a goalie. And that's hard to do. How many times has that happened? I mean, yeah. what, what do we always say, right? To make it to the NHL. Goalies is hard. These hard forwards is a bit easier. All, all of it is hard. But you're banking on a kid that's playing at Northeastern. You're insulated more in. at forward than you are at D or goalie. 
that's yes. why it makes it easier. I guess to, what to I'm trying to say is they might be so strong in two years from now, you know, defensively. Okay. Darlene Samuelson, Yoki Haru, Owen Power, Lilia Labushkin, Bryson. They might be in a situation that their defense core is so strong and so mature. Their forward line, all those young kids, you have cousins and guys like that that are young right now that are considered young are going to be two years further into their career. This team's going to be a strong team in two years. You might be able to bring in a young goaltender right out of college as long as you have a really strong backup. Maybe maybe it's Comrie. You saw Comrie play the other night. All I'm saying is their, their options are there. And when you're signing guys, I mean, you're going to be paying a lot of money because the salary cap is going to be going up. You saw the Labushkin hit the other night on Holloway. Where are you guys now? Because you both you both have young kids playing the game. Where are you guys now with those style of hits in the game? That example of a hit is textbook. That's on the guy catching the pass. Like you don't like. There's not a chance in hell I would have looked back and kept looking back or collected that pass. You let that go. And now if he hits you, interference, the cut in across the middle and you shoot it and then you get clipped, that's the kind of hit that needs to be out of the game. Not that Labushkin hit. Like that Labushkin hit, there's, what are you going to do? If you're Labushkin, what do you do? If you don't go through the body perfectly like he did, what are your options to do as a D-man? Just back up and let him come to you because you don't want to hit the guy. I under, I understand. Like, like I, I understand. I, get, I just I was just asking if you thought if you think that there's a point in the in the game where it's just becoming unnecessary to even see young players leave the game. And listen, it's unfortunate. Like it's very unfortunate that he leaves the game. Anyone gets hurt, but at at some point there needs to be an onus on the guy that's getting hit. Like there's plenty of times. You knew when Marchment was out there. You knew when Scott Stevens was out there. You weren't cutting to the middle because if you cut to the middle, you could be literally taken out of the game, taken out your career, whatever it may be. Like that legit comes well, into how play. How many games so now, is so this now play, instead of cutting to the play. middle, what do I do? I just drive it wide and I set up a play from down low or I dump it in because you know what? I'm not risking cutting to the middle and getting knocked out by Scott Stevens. Yeah, I think Gio, Gio said it perfectly. I think it's a great hit. I mean, for me now with with my oldest son who's 15, you know, playing high school hockey, I, I take the onus as a coach. I'm teaching my forwards. You have to look because now we're playing 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, and you have kids who run around and go hit. So it's 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 definitely on the winger there. It's on Holloway. And I, I, I try to teach the boys that I coach all the time. You have to shoulder check. You can't just assume that lane is open because or, some kids just will turn, step around. Just turn and face the puck, and now you're collecting it, and Labushkin can't hit you from behind. Well, you're I, taking it, you know what I mean? And then you have to decide when you can look up ice. And the other thing I know Rivs mentioned that the other day is uh, you got to know, and I tell these the, boy, the, the boys I coach all the time, you have to watch the game when you're not on the ice, on the bench, and you got to know certain D-men have tendencies. Certain forwards have tendencies. 
just like he said, Yokihara probably wouldn't step up. So as a player, but that's Holloway, who's a young player, who's going to have to learn that. I mean, I remember when we played, when, when I was in the league or at a young age, and Volchenkov, that guy was a train. So I knew when he was out there. Yep. Well, so what, what, what about Cronwall? Comes, my stick is going a Cronwall, right? Like it's, it's, as a winger, you knew when you were collecting that puck, there's a good chance he's coming at you, down at you, instead of backing up. When you think that guy should, that D man should be backing out of the zone, you know Cronwall's coming down. So but what do you again, do? we're talking a uh, you adjust it. We're talking a great college kid played for for uh, Wisconsin University, top end college, goes to the minors. Okay, how many games has he played in the NHL? One playoff game and then three this year. Right. I was going to say, yeah, not many. So you just said it at the beginning, Gio. You're the one who said, listen, you learn. You know when Scott Stevens is on the ice. You know when certain guys are on the ice. Well, this kid doesn't know the league. And he just learned a lesson because he's going to learn who he's playing against and what you can do, how you're going to go into the corners. If you're going into the corner with you know, a, a Jacob Bryson or a Yoki Hardy or even a Matias Samuelson, who is not an overly physical, aggressive defenseman. They're, they're more angle, close, close the ice, but there's guys like Lily Labushkin and there's other guys in the league that are very dangerous hockey players. Okay. Well, that they're should have been there. the pre-scout by uh, Jay Woodcroft. Okay. He's getting the coaches got to mention that those are the guys whose names does are that kid, on the does board. Holloway not watch. You need to game? learn how to, you need to learn how to play that way from the time you start getting hit. It doesn't start in the NHL. No, it's, I, it's a habit that, that, that the puck carrier just thinks that they can do whatever they want now. And if they get hit, it's on the guy hitting them. Gio, you ever get smoked? Yeah. Who by who? times? Who hasn't? I don't know. <laughs> Vanner, do you remember one? Do you remember? Yeah, any? you you had a good oh, one, Vanner. It just yeah, happened I, to be in. Uh, it happened to be in training camp. Yeah, yeah, I've I've got many good ones. I had Palata <laughs> smoke me once, and uh, again, I do remember my. It was one of my first programs, and I'll bring up Olchenkov again because that's probably how I remember him because he was in Binghamton, and I it was the same exact play. I looked, shoulder checked, he was backing up. I'm like, perfect, I can collect this pass. I turned and he literally hit me on the red line, just like Labushka did. And I think I landed on the goal line. I remember coming off my chest. I'm like, <laughs> I'm dead. This, whatever this guy just did to me, I, I don't want to ever experience again. So, and again, I played college in this, but those are lessons you have to learn while playing the game. It, that, that's not coaching. That's not nothing. You could, you just learn and be like, all right, so this guy, I'm going to watch out for him. So I look at this and it's like, you explain this to me. You're, you're, you're about to receive a puck. You check your shoulder and you see where Volchenkov is. Okay. Oh, okay. He's backing up. Everything's great. And then you turn your head and you receive the puck and then start up ice and you get absolutely creamed by Volchenkov. Volchenkov is like, like a cat, like, like a tiger. You check your shoulder. It's like, oh, he's just in that, uh, you know, that uh, that little crouch uh, Look how situation can turn back. And all of a sudden the cat's in your face. <laughs> Here's the thing. As much as Alex Tovechkin, Thomas Vanek, Brian Gianta, they're goal scorers. OK, not everybody can score goals. I hate to say it. There's a lot of guys that have awesome shots. There's a lot of guys that can shoot the puck like like missiles, but there's goal scorers. And, and goal scorers find ways how to score goals, okay? And then there's the passers. 
passers are the same thing. How did that guy see that guy? Okay. To be able to make the pass. But then there's also players going through Volchenkov or, or Scott Stevens or, or Lilia Labushkin. These guys are exceptionally good. They're elite at timing and making hits. They're elite. They're, they're the best in the game at making these body checks and they're, they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. So you gotta, gotta, you know who you're playing against and their tendencies and when they're on the ice. I completely agree with you, but I, again, I guess I, I haven't watched Labushkin's game too much when he was in Toronto, but this is a hit I expect to him once a game. I want him to even, you know, as a right defenseman, cross over on the left side and do the same hit. I mean, if I'm the Buffalo Sabres, that's what I tell him. I'm like, I, I, that's the hit I need once a game out of you to get that fear into the other team. And I, maybe he's at that level. Like, like I said, I, don't, I haven't watched him enough. But that's a, that's a great hit, and I want him to seek that hit all the time, even if it costs me a two and one every once in a while. Craig, say it with us, Ilya, Ilya. I kind of like Lilia. Lilia. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to add? It's looking nice co- to be back. Looking cozy over there. Yeah, it's good. Do you guys like? Do you guys like doing it separately or together? Because I feel like you guys like teaming up on Rev together. <laughs> well, that, that's a that's a better question for Rivs than it is for us too. I love you guys. Anytime we can get <laughs> you on, I'll tell you right now, it's awesome. Your hockey knowledge is is great because you guys uh, listen. There's a lot of players um, like like us that played played a long time, and uh, they just shut down. They they don't watch hockey. They don't even keep up on what's going on around the league, but. You know, you guys are involved. You're involved with your sons. Um, you're involved with just understanding what's going on around the league. And it's just, uh, it's fun to sit here and chat about what's going on. So I said to Craig today, before you guys came on, we recorded for 15 minutes before you guys came on. I said, I, I look forward when uh, to when Thomas and, and Gio are on together. I said, because I like to sit back and listen, believe it or not. Like it allows me to just kind of, you know, steer and sit back. Craig's like, oh man, I'm just going to ask questions and listen to them answer. <laughs> he can't help himself. He can't, he can't do it. <laughs> he can't help himself, man. It's unbelievable. I get excited when these guys are on, man. <laughs> I just um, sit here and I'm like, and then Riv goes on like this five minute monologue. I'm like, thought we were going to let the guys talk today. Anyway. Well, that's the thing. You just got to poke him a little bit and he just has to prove his point. He's got to, he, he has to get it off his chest. He can't let it sit there. But I've learned though, once Craig has an important point he wants to make, he'll start, but then he'll go sideways to kind of preface everything and line it up and then he'll make his point the 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 grandiose uh you know uh finale at the end and it's just what the lawyers do man it's so anti (laughs) (laughs) it's so anti-climatic that i just am like i've learned now riv just get to the point and earlier in this this show Mm. i I said that to him he's like what do you mean hurry up what do you mean hurry up and just get to the point i'm like because man you're gonna take 15 minutes telling this story anyway you guys were great when craig let you talk I hey, I do. I got a. Hey, how was the Manning cast? The first one, I missed it. When's the When's the next one coming up? I got to watch uh, this. Well, actually, you know who's coming on the show tomorrow is Derek Roy. Uh, is coming on our show tomorrow, aka and- the Sausage. Nice. AKA- is he coming on in, a, in his rope, or is he going to have a shirt on? Or do we, uh, do we know this? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
we said, you know, we need to know because the guy, the guy who is um actually his running the show didn't know that that we we know Derek Roy. So he was basically put Derek Roy onto this text chain and he's like, Hey, this is Derek Roy, you know, this and that. <laughs> Doesn't know that Petey's literally <laughs> played his entire career with Derek Roy. I played, played junior junior hockey with Derek Roy. Well, I'm, we're sitting there. Soon as we know that sausage is on, we start giving all the nicknames. We want the Don. <laughs> you can act like make sure you come in with your robe and like the guy is just like, what the hell is going on? Uh, <laughs> so when is this happening? So Saturday night, he'll like I guess uh, sausage is going to join us for the second intermission. Uh, but he's coming on the, on the show with us tomorrow, but the next, uh, player cast is Saturday night. First one, first one was good when we got going, but we had some technical issues at the start, which kind of made us in and out. And it put PJ yeah. stock in a tough spot where he had to, well, that's the thing there was, they're setting the up the cameras whole. in our house and their audio and everything else. But, uh, um, they had some major technical difficulties on the, uh, on the side, uh, the, the electronic side over there, but now they've all, uh, they've all ironed it out and hopefully it's going to be a lot better, but, uh, Petey and I are doing it uh, and, and we, Saturday night together. Yeah. We got Buffalo, Vancouver, and we promised them that at some point you guys would be joining us for a period or two throughout the year. So you got to stay up till 12 o'clock, but not a big deal. You guys can do that. <laughs> I can't eh? handle you, it. you guys, are you guys going to have the towel on an intermission to hockey <laughs> night in Canada? Towel? Yeah. It's the first time Petey will get that too. Oh, wow. <laughs> I got a few. There's a bunch that are just like the they're like the car wash. They drive the truck out. There you go. Why don't you give you're, you're wrong? Where Thomas, that? Because Petey, I, come on I, over. I'll give you a couple, bud. <laughs> I stole I stole Millsy's one night. I <laughs> so, so I have one, but uh you know what? Uh Thomas, it's amazing that you say that because mm. Canadians, Canadian players, you asshole. We actually grow up thinking, man, it would be amazing to get that interview on Hockey Night Canada. You know what I mean? And I remember the first time like playing in Toronto, all I was thinking was, imagine I could do something special enough that I could get the interview on Hockey Night Canada <laughs> and get a towel. Uh, walking up well, the didn't steps, you do, waiting didn't for the PR guy to tap you and be like, Petey, you got the interview. You're walking up the stairs yeah. and you're kind of making eye contact with you. But didn't you get a towel? Didn't you get interviewed after you gave the golf swing in Toronto and uh, that you knocked them out of the playoffs? That was in Buffalo. Oh, oh that's so I think I got a, I, I think I got a Lenovo towel that night. That, <laughs> that's what I, I that's go. what I or car bones or something like that. Whatever. But there called. you are, 20 years later, Saturday night, running the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't wait for you guys to ride shotgun with us too. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.